Uh, let's, I'm going to start with a, with getting my beverage open. So let's do let's get champagne going. For, actually, let's get recording, and then we'll do champagne, and then we'll start. Okay. With some fun pops. I, yeah, mine's not going to pop because mine's ju- uh, juice, but it's going to. I'm going to do some tearing. At least you'll hear that. I'm going to go get the bottle so I can pour it into this cup and make an ASMR video. I'll be right back. Okay. All right. So mine is already open. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, we'll pour something. Give me some audio if you can. I don't know why this has to be a fancy way of getting it open. Is it one of those, um, like, metal clasps, like a D-ring clasp I'm that goes over no, it? Because I can never get those I'm just open. on the, go- the gold foil part. And it just, oh, it just no. keeps breaking apart. It's not coming off in one piece. Cheers. Cheers. All right. I have two cups. I'm hitting them together. <laughs> I was going to say, how did we just clink over the over the internet? But you, you just did it yourself. That was smart. This is definitely the high quality content this guy paid a lot of money for. <laughs> Sorry, I'm glad he's getting it. Good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are an okay podcast about whatever our richest listeners want us to be about. I'm your host, Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And I have a great panel today recording via the magic of the internet uh in uh, i am in denver colorado currently in my sister's basement um but i'm recording with anthony lopez part two in portland oregon it's mr anthony lopez uh excited to be here uh glad to talk about the dangers of uh black market organ transplants which i had <laughs> never considered a single downside until we read this book. Yeah, when he was describing I was, it, I was like, this seems like a pretty good system. What's wrong with this? Yeah. I've always been like, ah, oh, God, I can't wait to get a political dissident's kidney one day. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I just figured that was going to happen eventually. But now I'm, I've read this book, and I'm like, ah, maybe it's a little risky. Man, there was even the one guy where it was like, uh, he needed a, a one in a billion backwards left kidney or something. Uh, yeah, backward back was heart. Oh man, that was yeah. messed up. Which okay, there's the thing. Okay, we'll go- tell me this bothers you. A guy in the book when he's explaining this scene goes, "You know, you can't just like take a hurt and flip it around." And I was like, "Why not?" Yeah, I- explain why not. <laughs> Everything I see seems like I should just be able to do that. Get longer tubes. You- yeah, <laughs> just like. Can't just say something like that. All right, we'll get back to that, though. We have to talk about that section more. Uh, also joining us at Sarah Hathaway on Twitter with an E, so she's different <laughs> from the other Hathaways, uh, in Los Angeles, California. It's Sarah Hathaway. Oh, it was so good when we had that placebo drug on the market. You can't see me right now, but I'm, I mean, jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was I the... I forgot how gross that section was. Yeah, that guy was gross. That was the uh, the Screlly of this book. Yeah, who was living in a, a dome in Antarctica. Yeah. Well, you should hear in the, uh, the full cast audio book, it's played by Martin Scorsese. Oh, really? So... Yeah, so he, he brings a very weird manic energy to the role. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Wow, that seems like a little bit too endearing for that character, honestly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and Sarah, actually, before we move on, Sarah, is um, since the last time we had you on the show, you have started a new podcast of your own, which we mentioned briefly before. It's called KFAB, and it's about uh, mm-hmm. the intersection of wrestling and uh, fashion. That makes it sound very uh, academic, 
What it is oh, is yeah. like me and a couple of my girlfriends who don't watch wrestling, don't follow wrestling, um, breaking down different wrestlers in ring fashions. <laughs> and you have um, you have a producer who does know wrestling, and it seems like yes, he would like you to know more about it than fan. you do. Mm-hmm. So he's there to give us actual context and guidance if we need it, but mostly it's just the three of us flying by the seat of our pants well, talking about <laughs> wrestling fashion. Those those pants seats are uh, quite the ride, so you you are flying brilliantly on it. I have I quite enjoy the show, so everyone should check out Thank KFab. Mm-hmm. It's like KFab without the E, and I will never make a joke that good again in my life. So I'm retiring. <laughs> it does seem like one of those shows where maybe the title came first and you worked backwards. Is that wrong? No, it didn't. <laughs> The whole show came first. Wow. And then I woke impressive. up in the middle of the night and texted them. That's very good. Uh, and then to round out the panel today, also in Los Angeles, she's at Angela Maweber on Twitter. Please welcome back Angela Weber. Hey, uh, fear is the most valuable commodity in the universe. What's up? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> this book was gross and sad yeah so we'll talk we have to talk more about that i as i mentioned to you by text i did not find it as sad as you did and maybe it was because i just it it mostly read to me like it was just a guy who wanted to describe every gun and there weren't enough real guns (laughs) so he wrote a book where he could describe fake guns yeah i mean once you told me like i didn't like it that much then i started getting a little more cynical also i had to read it all in like two days yeah but it's like uh uh, at a certain point, it's like we get it. The government's a problem. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did. Well, well, I mean, the rich. I, oh. yeah. <laughs> I just read it and I was like, man, I'm glad we knocked these jokos out of office a while ago. We <laughs> the best of the best in the office at this point. Uh, I mean, I did not. I did not hate it. I definitely enjoyed several parts of it. Although the thing about having a what's basically a short story collection is that each one. I reset whether I'm enjoying myself, basically. So yeah. I would say I enjoyed like nine of the stories a whole lot, and a few, a bunch were kind of okay, and then a bunch of them were just long discussions of bullet d- device creation, and I just don't care about bullets. Um, I, I mean, we'll probably yeah. talk about this, yeah. but has anybody seen the movie? No, so we're yes. Also, what is that movie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Not this book. <laughs> Yeah, that's what. Uh, so this, this is a super sponsorship we're going to talk about. Saying, but we're watching the movie next week, so we're going to do. Oh, so oh. I haven't seen it yet. Anthony's obviously seen both. I've done both before. Sarah, you've done both before. I saw the movie. Yeah, I was following its production hell for several yeah. years because I had read this book in college and was like, "Huh, they're obviously not adapting this book." And um, the end result is, I'm really interested to hear your take on it. Yeah. All I know is just from the trailer that the zombies climb on each other, which I think is neat. But that's pretty much it. And I like Brad Pitt. Yeah, so I'm probably going to love this idea. movie. Yeah, it's Brad Pitt. I keep thinking it's Tom Cruise, but it's Brad Pitt, huh? Yeah. Playing Tom Cruise, basically. <laughs> but he's like the National Guard guy. Anyway, I'll save it. I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm curious too. So that'll be that'll be next week. Okay, so this is episode. Let's talk about why this is happening. This is episode number four forty eight of the program. We have now done as many episodes as the number of miles Andrew Willis biked in twenty four hours last week to win the World Ultra Cycling Association's National Championship event. Twenty four oh hours God. in the canyon. Why? Why? <laughs> why would you do that it's actually like worse than it even sounds to me because it's not like it's it's not like a 448 mile track it is a five mile loop you do until the 24 hour timer is up oh my gosh and you just are insane yeah you're just it's hate, just an insane I thing i hate him <laughs> <laughs> do you, <I'm> tired. 
So what happens is the race starts at the bottom of uh, Palo Duro Canyon State Park at noon, and which is like, so it was real hot out. And the cyclists ride to the rim, pedaled 100 miles, then they drop back into the canyon and complete as many five-mile loops within the park as they can before noon the next day. So for the bulk of 24 hours, he was riding, you know, some of the neighbor 350 miles of five-mile loop, which just seems just so crazy. Also, the temperature was as high as 105 during the day and as low as the low 40s at night. Oh, my God. Don't, don't do that. I hope he listened to some good audiobooks. <laughs> uh, anyway, speaking of stuff that's easier to read than be a part of, this week we're talking about World War Z in Oral History of the Zombie War, the 2006 novel by Max Brooks, son of Mel Brooks, uh, who wrote this and a bunch of zombie short stories and uh, a zombie survival guide and the 2016 film The Great Wall. Yeah. Wow. So his his oeuvre, he's just zombies and walls. That's all he knows. There is not a trench when in this you, guy's when life. you know one thing good, you know? <laughs> uh, walls made out of zombies. His dad knows jokes. Yeah. His son knows this. His, his dad knows how to do the first three quarters of a film, and he knows how to talk about walls and zombies. His mom is the lady from The Miracle Worker. I wikipedia at that. Mm. Yeah. Not the real person, the person in the movie. No, his, his mom is Helen Keller. Yeah. <laughs> this is surprising. Um, so why are we doing this? Okay, so this is our first ever super sponsorship. So here's how it works. Uh, it turns out if you send us an unsolicited offer to pay way too much to sponsor two weeks worth of episodes about a topic that you care about and we're not upset to do, then yeah, we'll accept it. That's the turns out the new rule. So uh, meet buddy uh, Alexis from New York. Um, he paid what I'm going to refer to as the uh, the Fifty Shades f- Shades Freed price. <laughs> so not everybody knows what that price is, but if you've listened to the show enough, you might. Uh, so he offered to pay us the Fifty Shades Freed price to sponsor two episodes where we read the book and then watch the movie. And so we are kicking off um, our summer of sponsorships. Uh, by making July the official Poor Decisions Month. So if you <laughs> if you want to waste your money on something stupid, we will review anything. So please continue to send in ridiculously large donations. That's, by the way, why uh, we are all drinking champagne during this episode today. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Um, Cheers. Cheers. It's because this is a Poor Decisions Month, and uh, Alexis... Um, really is not a great investor it turns out that's my main <laughs> the main takeaway um i appreciate it except alexis yeah we well we very much appreciate it i don't mean to suggest that you should stop just that this can't be financially sound for you i don't know but anyway and and did we ever consider that perhaps he's in like a baxter's millions type situation because <laughs> that's that's always is it Brewster's ba- millions? Place. Is it Baxter's? Brewster's million. Okay, thank you. Brewster's million. Yeah. Uh, uh, who else but has that's always. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really always the first place my head goes whenever I hear about someone doing something crazy. It's like, oh, someone got Brewster's millions again. Yeah, that's possible. Got to, got to spend all that money. I think that makes the most anybody. sense. Actually, yeah, that's probably what yeah. it is. He has to figure out, and in which case. Uh, where did the rest of it go? We could have, you could have done a whole month of episodes, Alexis. Yeah, I mean, somewhere John Candy is just like, you gave how much to a podcast? <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> well, I, I mean, we really appreciate it. It's certainly going to help us keep the show floating down the tracks like a ghost train. But um, for now, we're just going to read. We read this very long book for you. Uh, and we, we got ourselves some champagne. We're going to talk about it. We got our bubbles. And we're just going to talk about uh, as you hoped. Uh, Alexis did say he wanted us to read this book which he thinks is very good, and then watch the movie, which he thinks is very bad. Um, and I think the world generally agrees with you. I I don't know. Wouldn't it be weird if I loved the movie, too? I'm just a little mixed about the book, but as we always say on the show, no refunds. That's our motto. <laughs> so uh, you're going to get the episode you're going to get. Um, let's do this. Uh, let's talk about this uh, book. Oh, actually, a couple of little pieces of business. First of all, is it World War Z or World War Z? Or World War Zulu? How are we going? Are we going to say Z? Oh, I think it's just World Wars. World Wars. <laughs> but they couldn't get the brand name World Wars with an S, so they had to make it a Z to get the yeah. the domain. Oh man, I wish you had said that earlier because I'm going to say that every time. So uh, here's the <laughs> plot of World Wars. Um, it is uh, an oral history, though, as uh, at Shrotom points out, um, it's really just a written book and then a movie, so it's not really. There's nothing really oral history about it. Although, some like Anthony, uh, you listen to the audiobook, and Angela mm-hmm. and Sarah, you guys listen to part of it, maybe. But yeah, so it's no, I read, I read. Oh, it. you you I read it. Okay, yeah, I re- I eyeball read this one too. So uh, we got no oral tradition. But if you listen to the audiobook, Anthony, you keeping the oral tradition alive. Mm-hmm. Good work. Um, and just like <laughs> just like the real oral tradition, what we're gonna do now is we're gonna as a group kind of try to remember what story we were told. And pass along possibly false information. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a very brief outline of the plague. And then we're going to take turns. Sort of, We're going to bounce around and just describe our favorite vignettes. Because this, it's an oral history. So there's a lot of different vignettes. Uh, short stories within about the zombie war. So here's the general overview of World Wars. A zombie plague started in a lake in China. Nobody knows how. But standard zombie rules pretty much apply. If you're bitten, you become a zombie. Oh, in a short period of time, you start shambling and moaning and you leak black goo you leak black goo yeah and you're basically impervious to anything except getting hit in the brain there are a couple of rules that i think are different from other zombie things i don't know if every zombie thing agrees you go into a coma first um this you do a brief coma period uh also when you get cold you stop zombieing until the spring thaw um that might be new and also they climb over each other like crabs that's kind of newish. Is there any, are there any other new zombie rules that you weren't familiar with? Uh, I mean, it's it's a pretty stand. I mean, like a big part of like this book's appeal is that it's like uh, like the sort of most widely considered zombie tropes. Yes, yes, yes. Sort of shoved into one thing. You oh, know? the one. Oh, yeah, the other. Well, he got this. He got this book because he wrote that like zombie survival guide yes. book, right? Yes. Yeah. And that was based on like yeah the if if the zombies plague shows up the way we've kind of come to expect it. Oh, uh, one other thing that's weird is that they are impervious to salt water, so they uh, can just go under the ocean forever. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. Have to they breathe. don't have to breathe. Yeah, they don't breathe and they don't degrade. Which they do degrade. Not underwater. But it's said. just they, but they don't. I mean. They they but they fall apart like they're subject yes. to rot. Yes, but so they they're do not going to stop. So their yes. little bits will still keep floating after you under the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> and they like decay slower than a normal human is like a yeah a part of like again just that world building just to like hey we got to get a premise that works here yeah 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 so we have to have this sort of stuff uh it is like. 
to think back to you know the like zombie survival guide and this book and like 2006 how, how not that long ago when zombies was still somewhat novel like we have been so inundated <laughs> with zombies for the last 12 years yeah that's yeah. true uh that and like and these and it is kind of fun to talk about these old zombie rules because zombies have also changed in like 12 years yeah. now like like the movie is a great example of like they're not really zombies they're like infected fire ants which is neat, <laughs> but that's not that's not the novel thing that this book was doing back then you know now today zombies are all like fast runners and they're all like it's not zombies it's like always like some kind of infectious virus yeah you know? Uh, something else, you know? I mean, my favorite thing about zombies as a trope is the shambling. It's the fact that they're not quick, but yeah. they never give up. That's what's fun about it to me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, like, was it 20, 28 Days Later? Like, made yeah. zombies fast, and that was an incredible movie, but it also sort of broke things, I thought. Isn't there... I feel like I've read a scholarly article about how the qualities of zombies reflect what we are afraid of. Oh, yeah. interesting. I did... I yeah. totally believe that. I mean, like, that's like a whole thing about like the. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Angela. Oh, no, 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 go for it. Oh, just like the you know the Romero zombie, right? The whole trilogy of his original films is like Night of the Living Dead is about like race and, and the way we judge people and, and, and the way humans react. Yeah, like, and people coming back from Vietnam is what I. Yeah, read. It was and like, Dawn of the yeah. Dead is all about like consumerism. consumerism. Like, the, mm-hmm. Yeah, the great thing about zombies is, like, the zombies aren't the threat. Humans are the threat. Zombies just, like, remove the the context of, like, us being civilized, and you see the worst in us, right? Yeah. In uh, all good zombie stories, there's always other people who are actually the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Zombies are just there so that people stop pretending that we're civilized, and you see the worst of us. Man, so, like, that's such a good point. Can, I wish you just said that to me in that concise way before I'd started reading, because it probably would have changed stuff um that's a good that's a really good summary (laughs) i just i i just i feel really weird that i'm like breaking down zombie 101 for you alex i mean i I definitely knew some of that stuff like i I, I knew night of the living dead was about how uh african-american soldiers returning from vietnam were treated like i i I knew that much but i the way you said it just is very concise and good i don't know i uh I also just like monsters, and so I enjoy if you create a good like with our when we talk about mummies all the time. I like a monster with a good. It's not overpowered, and I think the funny thing about zombies, sort of like mummies, is their slowness, but that they just uh, have no quit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, like the, the the best thing about zombies is like that element is that it combines that uh, social commentary and like people who just like. I can create really good fake heads that explode. You know, like it's those. Oh yeah, it's those like you got special effects friends. That's what they want to make. Yeah, it's so perfect. Yeah, exactly. Sarah, what were they you about can to make say? Rotting flesh. Oh, I was just gonna say, but I think the real difference for me is that mummies are so sexy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I also am jealous, Sarah, that you said you read this in college because I feel like not only would it have been before I'd been kind of. Uh, the zombies had jumped the shark on me. Also, I think in college, I really wanted to talk about, oh, how would you hide during a zombie war? And now I super yeah. don't care. So You know, it was a simpler time. Yeah. <laughs> we could all imagine yeah. this type of apocalypse. Yeah. Well, yeah. given our We could imagine it seemed... instead of living. Yeah, given our yeah. current yeah. apocalypse, I, this seemed like kind of a fun world to live in. 
Yeah, zombie wolves just seem so quaint. Yeah. <laughs> so like, the, wow, real uh, literal monsters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the way uh, the, the the plague unfolds, it starts small, uh, and but then there's uh, because of uh, mostly because of refugees and of course the illicit organ trade, it spreads far and wide, and uh, then there's a series of panics, and then people start building uh, first small and then large fortresses. And then castles that surround whole cities. And then there's some rebuilding. And then they eventually go on the offensive and kill all the zombies. Um, that's basically what happens. So but let, now let's go true oral history. Let's vaguely remember some stories. So, uh, Anthony, you mentioned in the opening the uh, organ transplant guy, which is one of the first few mm. stories. And it talked a lot about how the the plague spread. I guess my issue with that one was I didn't think that this could possibly be widespread enough to affect this world. But to really do a lot of zombie damage. But well, I I mean to me I think like the the neat thing about that story is kind of the neat thing about the book is that it's uh for all of its faults it is very well thought out in the sense of like what's a good reason why in zombie movies zombie outbreaks break out in different cities across the world right. in small numbers and like that's just like oh that's an interesting thing. Yeah, people yeah. go get illegal surgeries and then go back and recover home. And if it's like a big batch of contaminated organs, it would take a few days or weeks for them to kick in. Like, it's just one of those like, oh, that's that's a really Reasonable. interesting ex- explanation for how the beginning of every zombie movie goes, <laughs> you know? Uh, there are other explanations for the beginning. Um, they definitely talked a lot about uh, refugees. Um, they talked, there was, a, there was a smuggler story, right? It was a, a yeah. person who smuggled yeah. people across borders. I felt like... This was like the only story that dealt with the fact that these were people becoming zombies, which was weird. Like, I feel like that happens a lot in most zombie stories. It's like, but that's my mom. I can't shoot her in the head. Yeah. And this was one of the only ones where people are like, we don't want to abandon them. We're looking for a cure. But the cure gets given up on pretty soon because they want to talk about guns. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I I mean, that's another overall feeling that I had was that this almost seemed to skip human elements. And so when you said you thought this book was really sad, I felt like it almost felt um, like it was trying to not ever be sad. We're talking about m- hundreds of millions of people die, like 200 million people in the U.S. So two-thirds of the U.S. are killed during this plague. And yet I feel like I learned about maybe five of them who died. Yeah. And I didn't get to know them very well, but I know a lot about like the propaganda filmmaker who and the guy who made the fake cure. I just didn't feel like I, like I just didn't feel like I got to connect with them very much. Well, I guess they couldn't give an oral history because they were all dead. So. Oh, yeah. That should have been a chat. Oh, man. What a funny chapter. It was just like, yeah, just crap moaning. <laughs> Him interviewing a zombie about its path. <laughs> What's another uh, vignette that you guys remember? Well, the one that, that I think mm, maybe gets more at the emotion of all of this is the Battle of Yonkers chapter. Yeah. Which yeah. kind of marries both of those things, right? It's a hyper-violent chapter. Um, if you haven't read the book, basically the U.S.'s last attempted stand against the zombies is in Yonkers, and they send in the military, and the guy who is telling the story in the chapter is a veteran of this battle, and he talks about how it was really mismanaged by the higher-ups. He felt like they were all just like sent in there to be slaughtered. They had this weird gear on that like impeded their visibility and movements, and they basically were just like torn apart by these zombies. And to me, 
like it was it did kind of feel like a little bit of a way for Max Brooks to get like his hyper violence in there. Yeah. But it's the 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 like parallels in these like classic zombie movies we're talking about about like the horrors of war and like real human horror I think came through the most clearly in that one for me. Yeah. Because you yeah. have this guy who's like gone through this horrible traumatic thing, he's like prematurely aged and he just saw like everyone that he's known and worked with like yeah. get murdered in front of him by other humans or one-time humans, you know. It it really that was very effective for me. Also, I like that they call the zombie Zack. Yeah. I okay, I like that they called the zombie Zack, but I hate that they called dogs K's cuz canines was too long. So they shortened it to K's, but dog was right there being one syllable the whole time. Ugh. It's it's the army. It's, I did like the army chapters because I feel like at a lot of zombie movies they just kind of end with the helicopters coming in. Right, yeah. And mm-hmm. in these you actually get to experience the like we knew that you had to hit them in the head, but for some reason we were bombing them. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's his main yeah, that thing. That's So, like, the Battle of Yonkers for me, even though it should have been sadder, maybe maybe I'm the problem. But I guess I felt like during that whole thing, it was like, You're oh, definitely the problem. he's just telling us how bad the military was so that he can tell us about his superior military strategy. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think that one of the things about, like, uh, we're talking about sort of the social and political sort of metaphors and zombie things, I found... Um, Something through this reading, because I read this book when it came out, uh, which is a very different time, like we sort of mentioned earlier. But there's stuff very early on about in this book about uh, burning goodwill for uh, important conflicts in a democratic society. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, those the, the very Bush commentary. Of, like, goodwill, yeah, goodwill as a, uh, like a currency, a finite good that we have in this country for doing things. And the way certain wars can break that in us. And this, I, I was like reading through it and thinking about like the things that are going on in this country and how cynical and disengaged people are from it. And that's from people growing up uh, with, you know, this endless war in, uh, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan that we've been going through and like... I just reading through that, it's like this is written in two thousand and six. The way like the, the society wouldn't have the resolve to fight like the important fight that were too blinded and misguided, and like I was like looking around like oh that's like fairly like poignant yeah. nowadays. So I found like stuff like that to be what great zombie fiction does. Uh, um, yeah. So let's uh, maybe I, go ahead, Angela. Yeah. Oh, I just, I was on that point. I like the the lady in the chapter where, like, we all just kind of stopped watching the news. Or mm. Oh, man, I felt just, that so yeah. hard. I was just like, I don't know, you at can, a certain point, whatever. You can do that? <laughs> you can just turn it all off? What a cool idea. Yeah. And then, and, that, it, and you don't know anything until literally there are zombies on your street. It's worth it. Yeah. But just imagine the peace you're going to have for those next couple of weeks before they show up. Uh, let's maybe maybe just to lighten a tiny bit let's just what are some other uh, stories that pop out at you some other vignettes oh I liked Paul Redeker the South Africa guy that Uh, oh the the warlord who just needed a hug yeah (laughs) so yeah so Paul Redeker he's it's in South Africa he is um, he was like disgraced leader under apartheid goes into hiding and they're like you know what? This zombie war calls for a real asshole. Let's get Paul Redeker back. <laughs> hmm. And then he comes back and he comes up with the Redeker plan, which is what if we save only the cool people and let everybody else be bait 
And it turns out that's the only way to actually survive. It worked. It worked really well. But wasn't he, he was like in an asylum and pretending to not be himself, right? Yes. He was talking in the third person. My favorite thing, this was going to be my major comment, my favorite thing is when, was the surprise endings, or a couple of twist endings, and his was one yeah. where the guy interviews somebody who was not Paul, who was like talking about Paul Redeker, and then talked about how no one knows where Paul Redeker went, and then at the end, the guy's leaving, and he's like, well, I just had a nice chat with Paul Redeker. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> I like that, too. I like that one. I, my, my favorite part at the end was when he was like, um, after he did this horrifying thing that killed all of these people, but maybe saved the country. Um, the, the world. Th- maybe even the world. The president gave him a hug, and he was like, everyone thought Paul Rudiker was just a real mean guy with a thick skin, but maybe he just needed a hug so bad, and and he just never got one from anybody, and then when he got that, it melted him. <laughs> it's really fun. Uh, poor we all just, maybe we should have hugged the zombies. <laughs> yeah. Did we try? They would I like it. Yeah. yeah one way or another, hugging the zombies solves somebody's problems. <laughs> let me tell you what. Yeah. Uh, Did anybody ever see As Zombies? It's a film from the perspective of zombies. It's like a comedy. No. It's really good. It's my favorite piece of zombie fiction. What is oh. its uh, greater political meaning? Uh. Yep. I don't know. They eat ice cream, and then it's from the zombies' perspective, and they think everybody else has a plague that makes them move really fast. And it's very funny. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I have it's, seen it's Warm Bodies, like, which is another. Yeah, kind of I was just gonna movie. mention that. Yeah. That's where they keep one yeah. as a pet. Well, it's it's no, it's like a Romeo like, and Juliet story, but the guy is a zombie. It's actually kind oh. of charming. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it's actually not bad. I, I like uh, I Am Legend. It's my favorite. They're more vampires than zombies, but they're technically zombies. But that has the best zombie ending, a uh, horror story ending of all time. The original book, I Am Legend. Oh okay. I really like the ending like of Twenty Eight Days Later, and I like that there's like the the ending that we saw in theaters that was like pretty positive. And there was the version that we saw, that there was like the alternate version they shot, which was really negative. That was a fun, both of those are fun, interesting endings to zombie movies for me. You guys don't remember that? Okay, cool. So, um, <laughs> and other... I like the ending of Titanic. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> Where she turns into a zombie and that's how she lives so yeah, long? Yeah, and the bottom of the ocean. One thing, uh, well, so the ocean is one thing that I really liked is there was a story towards the end of a guy who's in the... He's a, s- a submersible cleanup crew, so he just has um, an impervious exoskeleton that you can walk around on the floor of the, the ocean floor and stab zombies, and um, the zombies can't get through it, so the, the water zombies just kind of like pile up on him, and he doesn't notice until they get in front of his mask, and then he stabs them, um, but they're just like always yeah, touching you him. Gotta, you gotta love your job to do something like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I bet that guy really <laughs> digs it. Uh, my favorite vignette, in terms of like, like uh, rereading it, one of the ones I was most excited about is uh, the ones that made the most impression on me when I first read this book was the whole chapter on uh, no one knowing what happened in North Korea. Oh yeah, like, the idea. The idea of a whole country going completely silent and no one having the nerve to, like, go and poke in there to see what I was going really on. I really liked that one. North Korea just like, left. They just disappeared yeah. and we never find out about them. Yeah, it's just like something is something is happening there, but no one has ever gone over there to check. You guys know that gif of uh, Homer Simpson fading into the bushes? 
Yeah. That's what North Korea yeah. did. The entire country just like, and we're gone. And then we never found out. That was very funny. Yeah, I like that chapter quite a bit. That's a very eerie one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remembered when I when I first read this, um, the one that really stuck out to me was the the astronauts. Oh yeah, the, the space station. Space station, because there's something really fascinating to me too about knowing something is happening and seeing it from the most zoomed out perspective possible, and there's yeah. nothing you can do. And then the added tension of like how the hell are we going to get back and do we even want to get back? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I thought that was a really cool chapter and also it was the one that bothered me the most on a factual basis, which I know is not important in a zombie book per se, but their their main thing is that they're watching from satellite cameras the into and, and he describes it as being able to like watch the facial expressions as people are killed by zombies and that is just not how satellites work. If you, it's just not even close. Also, to the it. International Space Station. You know, they're just doing experiments on crystals up there. <laughs> That's true. They're all they're doing weird sex stuff, and, and no, Alex, they literally I've seen <laughs> Enemy of the State, and that came out in 1997. So I know how satellite imagery works. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? You, 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 that was not a joke, Sarah. Your crystals thing. That's actually what most of the experiments on the International yeah. Space Station. Crystals bring like. They like Dirt are growing rocks. different types of crystals and like experimenting with different material and zero gravity because the the actual space station itself shakes too much for a lot of experiments to be viable. So they do some smaller scale things up there. I didn't know it shook that much. I did get to talk to a few people when I went to watch the resupply mission a couple months ago. Uh, I talked to a few people who had experiments going up to the space station and they were on like... Um, Somebody's trying to t- test a new thing. A way to, uh, it was a testing a way to test cancer drugs. Someone was testing a way Ooh. to grow flowers. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there was some really interesting stuff. I, Crystals makes it... I thought you were doing a little joke about how it was all fake science. but No, no, no. It's real science. It's like cool, useful stuff. <laughs> it just is different than I think it was planned to be. I like the idea that they're, they're up there doing the astrology, like- though. Yeah, yeah, I no, like that a lot. I, I thought you meant they were just up there like playing Final Fantasy. <laughs> seeing what's going on. Seeing what's going on with them crystals in space. You know? But if you ever beat Sephiroth in Zero G before, <laughs> this shit's fucked up, man. You see some most expensive gaming station ever built. Yeah. Yeah. I uh so I, this is this is nerdy, but I just wanna just because it irritated me and it was a thing that I actually know, which is like low Earth orbit satellites are going by at 18,000 miles an hour, they are not able to watch the facial expressions of somebody in real time constantly. And also, they just zoom over, and then they're gone. And then you they won't come back until much, much later, because um, the Earth is moving when they come back. There's just You don't get to watch something from there. If you want to watch something, you have to be in geostationary orbit, which is way too far up to be able to zoom in that close. You just can't. Like, spy satellites just don't work for watching stuff up close, because light is a wave. Anyway, so that irritated me, but I really liked him, like, the space station um, as a vantage point and as a metaphor, and more than I liked My his. My problem with the book mainly is that zombies aren't real, and that really took me out See, of it. See, I, I thought <laughs> I had inoculated myself by saying I know that's not what this is about, but for a guy <laughs> who's so into gun technology, read, like, three sentences about satellites. It would not be that hard. Yeah, well, there was a lot of, like, people were filming the zombies while they attacked and yeah. while they were eating people, and it's like, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but 
you know, whatever. Well, uh, speaking of filming, one of the I thought the most affecting one of the most affecting stories was early on was about how all these rich people built a fortress yes. where yes. they could, and then they were like live streaming their cool fortress party, and yes. then there, uh, they then the the guards had to start shooting people who were running up to them, and they were like, "Oh God, zombies can run!" And then they realized, no, that was just poor people. Yeah. That was a that one was a, an affecting story. That one I like definitely stuck with yeah. me. You think you think Max Brooks hates rich people because of all the parties he had to go to? <laughs> okay. Ugh, rich people are so boring. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Talking about themselves and doing blow off a hook. <laughs> yeah, some of the stories mm, I think there was this sort of across the board like cynicism in the book that I certainly I think would be justified if this actually happened. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, the, the viewpoints, I mean, maybe this is just because it's, you know, one author trying to adopt a bunch of different voices, but all of the viewpoints seem to be like, everyone in power is bad and has our worst interests at heart. Mm. Uh, the elites are also bad and only are out for themselves. And then he had a couple stories from the people who were like members of those groups that he was most openly critiquing. But a lot of them were like the everyman on the ground who got screwed over by these people in power. So it was kind of interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I think it might've been envisioned as being more like journalistic and objective than it actually ended up being. It felt like yeah. a pretty specific worldview overall in the book I, which I is, is fine the, it was just very dark yeah i mean like, like this, is, this is a lot of criticism for basically what i was hoping was a summary but this is good to get out but the like oh, my other my two other issues we no doing. not not on you <laughs> not on you that's what, what i'm about to say but my my two biggest issues one was all the voices sounded pretty much the same to me like mm-hmm. one guy would yeah, say dude and other per- but like everybody was one character well, it has that very much that Josh Whedon sort of like everyone is clever, but in the same exact way. Like everyone oh, makes yeah. the same exact type of jokes. Everyone is like clearly one person. And that was one of the things about listening to the fully cast audiobook is you'd get these different voices. Yeah, that would but fix it that really problem. Highlighted. Well, I think it highlighted the fact that they all still joked about this. Oh, interesting. Kind of stuff. Yeah, they yeah, all yeah. Still like. It's really different voices, but they all are talking the same way, you know? And that's, yeah, yeah, totally. That was my, my one issue. And my other issue was that there are all these different stories from the first person of people in different countries basically just describing the stereotypes of that country. So it was like... Yes, uh, there's a lot and of na- stereotyping. And now a story about Japan, about using a ninja sword and how nobody wants to be different. And then here's a story. It was just like a lot of that. It was a lot of like, felt like very surface level, weird, stereotypey stuff about countries. I mean, again, that like type of thing that is like, this book came out not too long before like Ready Player One. It's just kind of amazing how much like culture and like dialogue about these things has changed so much. Uh, that like I read both those books around the same time, I think. And like both so many things I just did not think about at the time, but now reading through them it's just like, oh god, what look at that. Um Yeah. It's just crazy how well, much how much 10, 12 years can really change your perspective. You know? Yeah, totally. Okay, so let's do this. Let's Since I, I think I got a little too negative, let's uh, flip it around. Let's do our compliment now. Um, because of the show, I'm already worried about being a little long because the book was long. We've talked a lot already. Um, we're going to go from a sandwich to just a compliment tostada today. So you only need one <laughs> major compliment uh, up at the top. So uh, we're going to say one really nice thing about the book 
Um, Anthony, why don't you go first? What's your major compliment for World Wars? Um, I I really like the the conceit the conceit of this book quite a bit. I think the oral it's history still very clever. Yeah, the oral history idea. I think. Uh, You've seen that taken a lot since this book has come out. This book's been very influential in that way. Yeah. Um, I just, I still find it like a very neat idea, something that really gives this fairly worn premise, even today's, like a very unique point of view. Um, Did this make you want to read got, that um, oral history of World War II that he was kind of basing it on? I have always wanted to read that. Yeah. Um, I just haven't ever gotten around. I'm to super it, interested. Yeah, I, I that I'm putting like, that on my list from this. I was like, I'd love to, yeah. and it would that would solve the problem of them being different voices, is because they're real people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe, awesome. Maybe the interviewer just has a really like contagious joking style. That <laughs> yeah, that's possible. Uh, Sarah, what's your major? He just he just likes to do a lot of editorializing. He's just like, this story is not punchy enough. Let me ask. <laughs> he some does jokes his own punch up. This. <laughs> Sarah, what's your major compliment? I think that the perspectives adopted in this book are all very interesting. Like whether or not they all work in practice, I like the like that it's it's a very thorough view of this. Like he goes in at these unexpected angles yes. at things. It's not just like here's the president and like here's a politician from London. Like he goes in and he finds every different angle you can take on this hypothetical situation and I think that's oh what first interested me in the book because I've never been a zombie person and what like still interests me now. I think it's, it's a very creative outlook. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my major compliment, I, I uh, mentioned already, I like the twist endings. The other twist ending that I really liked uh, was the pilot. Um, there was a, it was a downed pilot who uh, used his radio to contact this lady who helped him survive and then it turns out his radio was broken, and the survivalist was inside him all along. <laughs> and I, it's beautiful. It was so cute. It was, and like I saw it coming a, for a while, and I still uh, enjoyed it because uh, I like I, just, I like the idea of somebody finding inner strength, but the way only way they can do it is by giving a very thorough character that they're talking to. I don't know. That was a that was a fun well, fun turn. I I just in a post Westworld. Uh, world. I can't read a story like that and be like, the robot became self-aware of this story. I love it. He realized that voice was actually his own consciousness all along. He'd done this whole... It turns out he'd crashed his plane a million times and <laughs> some evil man was just torturing him so for a rich person's pleasure. Oh man, rich wor- oh. rest world hates rich people too. I need to go find a pro-rich person thing to do. I'm gonna go listen to Jay-Z for the rest of the day. I mean, remember Ayn Rand? Just go watch she The Wolf of Wall people. Street. Yeah. What did you say, Sarah? Ayn Rand. She likes oh, rich Rand. people. Yeah, that's true. You can hop true. back on that uh, magic train. Oh, man. what? <laughs> that's Yeah, I need to go go reread the magic train book and remember how, just to get a fair and balanced view of rich people. Mm, D- Wait, didn't they pay in Rand coins? Is that, did that, am I crazy? Their currency in this book was something Randian? Oh. Oh, I, yeah, I heard that part, but I didn't investigate what that was. Yeah, I didn't pay attention to it. Anyway, Angela, what's your compliment tostada? 
I I liked imagining how I was gonna escape from zombies. I mean, and then yeah. having all of the holes plugged, like like it's like I guess they didn't listen to that report, so they didn't know about the brains. So, but I also like I liked all the clever like survivalist stuff they eventually made, like the houses on stilts. Yeah, the little. Uh, bridges in between them. I want to know what a retractable staircase looks like. Yeah. Like all of that made me very. Like, what was excited. your What was your I love original a complicated. plan? Well, I just think you should get in a fucking airplane. But like, I, I guess like there's not enough gas or whatever. Yeah, you couldn't just but be an airplane point, forever. I mean, I can. I mean, I always <laughs> assumed the answer was you go to you started a grocery store. You defend it, or you yeah. you defend a super target because you got guns and food and fuel, and you can and live toys. there forever. And toys, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, exactly. Alex, the biggest that's this problem. So why you haven't seen enough zombie fiction? Because here's the problem: everyone else is gonna have that idea. Yeah, and that's then you're true dealing too. with other people who, again, we've already established. Oh, the real thing. You know, my apartment you know building, I mean? actually, given this the set of circumstances here, my apartment building, I probably would have been fine because I am several floors up and we have a gate and a locked door and you need a key for the elevator. And there's no way zombies were going to get the elevator key. Until, yeah, I, until you run out of food and then you have to wait for it to get cold and then something. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. This book got me thinking about, like... Like some survivalist family members I have who like fantasize about the world ending anyway, so they've been preparing for this. <laughs> but then I thought about like what would be worse? Hearing them constantly brag about uh... I told you, or getting ripped to death by zombies. And I think I would just walk out and get ripped to death to zombies. <laughs> you just then have my cousin Ed to be like, This is what I told you, you gotta get a bug oh, out bag, man. God. Listening to those this, people I say I told you so is definitely worse yeah. than having your brain eaten by a zombie. I, yeah. I like, honestly the fantasy of being trained in like real skills that happened in the middle of the book that of, like and now people who actually know how to build a garden are teaching four two five hundred CEOs uh, how to yeah yeah I like I want that though <laughs> I want yeah. I want to be taught real skills by people who actually have them and to value those people. Okay? That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I So may, but maybe more like Tyler Durton's dream at the end of Fight Club. Yeah. Less zombie apocalypse yeah. type of You just want to be thing, pounding you know? venison in the four oh five freeway or whatever. I just <laughs> I just want to be Tyler Durden when I grow up, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You can only ever be well, half I Tyler Durden. Yeah, I think the point of that book is that anyone can be Tyler Durden, yeah. right? I mean, that's is that... the uplifting <laughs> message of that book, is that we all have Tyler yeah. Durden in us. That's a real feel-good one. We should go it, back to Fight Club. Angela, you have the power to blow up any credit card company's building right now that's inside you I the whole time. I retract my compliments that led us to me being on the side of Fight Club. <laughs> All right, and now it's time for a lightning bonus round. We're going to the lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. Here we go. We're going to finish this shit up. Lightning bonus round is our mini game segment where we play games, sometimes inspired by, sometimes about the the topic, but not necessarily. Um, sometimes suggested by our listeners. And so the first one, one of our uh, one of our favorite games on the show, is a game called How Would You Fail to Survive. Um, oh, and, and it was specifically created for zombie situation. Like the the joke originally was. That as a general rule, the people on the show tend to be um, 
uh, while comedically giants, uh, physically very weak. And so uh, we assumed not only would we be the first people killed by zombies, but we would also be the first zombies debrained by the military. Just dead twice for no reason, accomplishing nothing. But this world is so dangerous, it's so easy to die, that um, at Baby Got Bacalu, uh, Bacala, Bacala, anyway, on Twitter, suggested we play our opposite game, How Would You Unexpectedly Survive? So what way would you accidentally, or what skill that you have that you didn't think you would need, what non-survivalist way would you accidentally survive in the world of World Wars? I think I would be, I would happen to be on a tour at a castle. <laughs> and then just oh man, you're in a very well protected castle, but just with tourists and nerds. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, there's there's a thing happening this summer where you can pay two thousand dollars to go play D and D in a castle in France. Oh. I think I would have spent all my money on that. That is so good. Spend the apocalypse playing D and D. And eventually eating other nerds, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if you want to eat nerds. A lot of them would not provide you with very much uh, protein. Be very weak. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I do. I love I that. I want to write that Lord of the Flies esque <laughs> zombie story about a bunch of people at a D and D thing. Oh, that's very. Funny. I I was definitely. I'm working. I was working on a short story about a group of D and D, like a group a D and D game where they had to like go on a, a survival adventure together. Uh, I really like that conceit. I think that's very fun. Mm-hmm. So I like, yeah, that's a great unexpected survive. Anybody else? Hmm. No. Okay. This is hard. I feel like, well, I'm naturally quite introverted. So I would imagine that I'd probably just be like having some me time and like watching the crown or something. And then I would look <laughs> up and like, it would have happened. <laughs> I do. Oh, uh, yeah. I like the idea that you just miss a lot of it. I think that's really fun. You accidentally oh. ordered too much soylent, and then you're just in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah. What was the? I mean, it, to go back to 20 days later, which none of you guys seem to care about, but 20 days later, he like wakes up from the hospital, and the apocalypse has happened, and he's alone. And I think that seems like I good. Like, like, you know how many days, days later? later? Okay, good, good. <laughs> that is what? Yeah. Why? Why are you saying that we don't like twenty? You just days didn't later? seem. No, you seem like you didn't like my conversations about it. But it's the one that I keep coming back to. So we're just listening is that, <laughs> is that the movie that the music video for "Sorry for Party Rocking" is based on? I'm pretty sure I've seen that. I don't know that. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. It's an LMFAO video um, where they wake up and the world has been destroyed by party. That's rock. possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could be. yeah, I think that's that's fairly likely. Um, yeah. yeah, I just like the idea that I would like have like fallen and hit my head somehow, and then I wake up. I don't know about a month later, depending. And uh, the apocalypse has already happened, and then I'm just like wandering around, like guys, what? Ha- where? Where did you go? Well, that's also like how The Walking Dead starts, I guess. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah, he is in a hospital at the beginning of The Walking Dead. Yeah. That's that definitely show, you what's going to happen. I made it through two seasons of that show, and then I was like, I enjoy life. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> I watched two seasons, and then I just and got real frustrated and gave up. But there was a brief They're moment. They're still right making comics. It. They're still making comics. That thing's based on a comic. It's amazing to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isn't, wait, isn't the show still going? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. But there's like thirty volumes into that book. Do you ever feel wild. weird when you when you give up on a show and then later you find out that wasn't enough to sink it? <laughs> oh, that's how I feel about like Ga- Game of Thrones. There's yeah. actually two of them now. They've doubled yeah, exactly. the amount of Walking Dead. TV <laughs> Apparently, shows me, since you've given up me on turning it. off this show did not stop them from making ten more seasons and a spinoff. 
weird. Yeah, it's crazy. Anthony, do you have an unexpected survive? I've been thinking about this, <laughs> trying to figure that out. I like. I I think I'm fairly close to. I think Sarah mentioned like I will not leave my apartment for a good day or two at a time. So I, the, they say in disasters, surviving the first seventy two hours is the most important True. thing. So I got that unlocked. Wait, yet, so would you right? be mostly like the otaku guy? Uh, I think that would be a good chance for that. You'd just be playing video um, games and you'd hear some kids chatting about the zombie apocalypse and you'd do some Googling, but you'd never bother to look out your window? Yeah, basically. Uh, I would imagine something kind of like that would happen. Uh, but I don't know what I would like actually do in a situation like this to survive. Like I don't have any good answers. Uh I like to think of the of these the scenarios that happened. Is there one that you guys would be most you most want to be in, or you think you'd do best in? Because I think mine would be the rich people party, but I'd be the person who was like, maybe let's not live stream this. Maybe that's a bad look, and then we would just survive yeah. and be rich together. I really wanted them to be wise, but could they ever? <laughs> yeah, they just needed, like- they just needed one person who did not come from money that would be like, I also understand how this looks. <laughs> is there a is there would you want to be on the space station or on a submarine or in one of the mm, not a submarine i'm so claustrophobic <laughs> uh well, but, probably but not a space station it, either because i get weirded out by the vastness of space oh um, so you don't like you don't like uh small spaces or vast ones no i like a medium space <laughs> you want really goldilocks God, space. such a goldilocks yeah. with these yeah. <laughs> i really want that baby bear space that's what i'm looking for mm. Lukewarm porridge and maybe a decently sized apartment. Can we talk about Goldilocks for two seconds? Sorry. I just was trying to remember. I was texting with my wife about this the other day, and I could not remember if it was Baby Bear or Mama Bear who had the cold porridge. And it's Mama Bear, right? It's like, Dad likes hot porridge, Mom likes cold porridge. What is wrong with the Mama Bear in this store? Why does she want cold porridge? Don't shade her. She's trying to do the best she can for her bear family. She's dealing with neighborhood kids breaking in. I'm not. She I'm, works. She's also. She works a long time to make the food, and by the time it gets to her, it's cold. But his is hot at the same time. Just taking care of her scoot family. from one portion of porridge. It's she chose that. That's I, this was not a family thing. She chose cold porridge because she's a weirdo. My God, I mean, Alex! She's a bear <laughs> eating porridge. Do you want to talk about the bears eating porridge? Is that weird? It is. Yeah, is it's that... weird. They also eat with spoons and stuff. There's a lot of weird stuff in there, but. Just why does yeah. she, I just understand why she wants cold porridge? It's just bizarre. You know, you know what I've never understood about the Goldilocks story. So the bears are civilized enough to have like a house, yeah, yeah, and beds. porridge, and beds. But their answer to breaking and entering is just the murder of the child. Yeah, like that's always seemed. Yeah, you, you think they could take like, the woods, woods the out of the bear, Anthony? But you can't take the bear out of the woods. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I <laughs> also, like, what if she's her hair gets darker as she gets older and it's not blonde anymore? Does she change yeah. her name? You know. Oh yeah, that is rough. Also, did they na- wait till she had hair to name her? Mm. Is she like Peekaboo Street, where she got to name herself Goldilocks? Peekaboo Street, what's happening? Okay, the <laughs> ski, the famous skier. Yeah, yeah, she's a famous American skier. She won a bunch of Olympics when I was a kid, and her name is Peekaboo because her parents let her name herself. Which I didn't come here to learn things about sports. I know, I know, but is it? I just like if you're gonna let your kid name itself, it's probably gonna be a game you play with newborns. I mean, how did you not see that coming? That's very fair. My my cousins got to name their dog, and they named it Pajamas. 
That's I a great that. name. That is a good name for yeah. a dog. I like that a lot. Uh, yeah. My wife had a rabbit that she got to name when she was a kid, and it was named Taylor because it had a tail. Wow. Kids She's are smart lady. the future. <laughs> Protect them. <laughs> Um, I get one more thing I want to do, I guess. Um, let's, uh, I want to do another game called Untold Story. So because this is a series of vignettes that cover all these different angles on it, and it seems pretty thorough, uh, but I'm sure there's got to be a few things that fell through the cracks. So like what one other thing going on in this world do you want to hear the oral history of? What vignette is missing from this? Well, just come up Ooh. with someone else's story in here we want to hear about. I would love like a pet store owner just like saving all their little critters. Yeah, the zombies. There was the one vignette was the uh, person who ran the canine unit, which they just called K's because who's got the time and uh, but was talking about dogs and the one they like lived next to a pet store. Jog my memory, right? Help me out the guys. It was like it was like they lived next to a pet store and they were sad that the animals died because they didn't get any food. Oh. Oh, damn. Because the zombies, the zombies will eat animals too. I assume, right? Because there was yeah, that yeah. other story about the people getting stuck on the freeway with and, the monkeys. Well, there were horses. Is the one I'm thinking of. There's a horse trailer, oh. and the zombies oh, were yeah, eating yeah. the horses. Oh yeah. There was also so, a thing where zombies would dig pits trying to catch moles, and so there was this phenomenon of zombie pits. Um, do zombies? So do they need food, or is it just they need to kill? Like, are they eating these animals? Are animals as sustaining as people? Are they there zombie horses? I think that's the story that's missing, is the zombies and how they feel and why, yes, what that's motivates true. them. Yeah. Maybe just a series of poems <laughs> about uh, their psyche. Uh, brains. Uh. Yeah. yeah. I'm into that. I, I mean, but they don't, they don't eat brains, right? Because all the zombies have intact brains. That's the whole thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. They I, eat entrails. Yeah, yeah, they, they just gnaw. They don't seem like they're actually getting sustenance from it. I would like a story that involved a zombie horse. I'd be into that. Oh, oh absolutely. A horse got bit by a zombie, is now a zombie horse. Which So it's slow for a horse, but still pretty quick. It's, so it's like sea biscuit, but, but zombies. Sea biscuit of zombies, yeah. Um, z biscuit. Z biscuit! Oh, Anybody? No. I'm going to text so you that in the middle of the night. <laughs> Somebody starts a racing track with zombie horses oh yeah you could even actually for sure they have enough zombies left because they have some like they're studying you could definitely go gamble on zombie races that's the story i'm missing (laughs) is you put like one mole at the end of the track and you bet on which you're like i'm betting on the one with no legs and then they just crawl across oh man that would be funny I like a good racing. Yeah, I, I want the story of the people who are not motivated to explore or survive, and so they never make mistakes, and then I guess just slowly die. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Absolutely. I guess that's that's me and the D&D castle. Yeah, your D&D castle. I would love to see the story of your D&D castle. Yeah. We eat popcorn and Doritos until we die. What else is missing? Mm. Is that it? Did they nail it? All right, we nailed it. Um, are there stories of kids? Are there... Other than there's the girl that one girl, yeah, the kind of offensive chapter yeah. we know the one. Yeah. <laughs> Other wait, than that, the, they don't talk there, about children wait, too much. I don't know which one you're talking about. Is that the one where they go to the, Canada? The, it's the one well, with the woman like, where they objectify her first and then talk about how she has quote oh, the mind of a child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there's there's also the kid that goes to Canada and and then ends up cannibalizing people. 
Oh. Can- Canadabilizing. There's the um, the 17 year old Palestinian kid who, with his siblings, makes it to um, uh, uh, Israel. Uh, Israel. Oh yeah, yeah, the one whose parents Slow behind the wall. Oh, the parents want him to go to Israel uh, and he doesn't. Yeah. Um, so like he's like a minor technically, but yeah, most of them are going to have been adults at this time that the story takes place. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be pretty cute to have like a gang of children somewhere. Yeah, sounds. like a like a Lost Boys, like a, like a Rufio house. situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. a Boy Scout troop. Well, yeah, because the a house on stilts with bridges between is a very uh, Never Neverland Rufio kind of place to live. Mm. Yeah, they go to the Treehouse Hotel in Southern Oregon. Yes, and they just live there. Oh, I like that idea a lot. You should uh, watch the girl with all the gifts. It's a zombie movie from a few years ago. The girl with all the very gifts. Very close to that. With all the gifts. Oh, okay. That, the zombie. So little it, zombie she has film. she has presence. She doesn't uh, just have a lot of short yeah. looping videos. <laughs> no, she has a lot of uh, presence. Good night. Good, yes. good. Just double check. Because <laughs> gift girl. Because the gift girl is yeah. just like a movie about Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, we have, now we have so that's those are my two lightning bonus round games, uh, and now I have two a couple of listener questions that I want to uh, toss in here. Um, I, Danny says uh, on Facebook, "Why what is why is the most unbelievable part of this book a bipartisan presidential administration?" <laughs> uh, not a huge discussion so, yeah. topic. Good joke, Danny. Uh, um, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, this is a great question from TJ on Facebook. Um, given that most of the population become zombies in this scenario, which people would you love to see become unstoppable brain-craving uh, machines? Ooh. Hmm. Because it would you mean be cool, like, or because they'd be good at it? or Yeah, however well, you I want. Mean, like, Choose your own adventure. I would just love to see all of Aerosmith dead. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, just... Like, if I could just see Steven Tyler oh. shambling corpse, that would make me... Man, that's a dark way to go with this. Although it does make me think I would enjoy seeing uh, uh, all of White Zombie mm-hmm. as zombies. I, I, I am thinking all about all musicians, too. Like, I feel like there's something kind of fun about a dancing zombie. Oh, yeah, Michael, like a, Michael a Jackson. Stevie Nicks. Yeah, Stevie Nicks? Yeah. Man. I'm just thinking of... Yeah. Hmm. People that would be fun. I would also enjoy seeing. Um, I, my first thought for some reason was Danny Trejo, um, mm-hmm. just somebody who was already mostly looking like a zombie. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Although, wait, did he become a zombie in Dusk Till Dawn? Uh, I believe. Or were those, those were vampires, not zombies. Those are vampires, right? Right. But I think he was a vampire in that one, so that that solves that. I mean, I I would love to see the story of like uh, like some asshole rockstar who goes on two hours late <laughs> and comes out, and the whole crowd has been turned into zombies. <laughs> so he's like, "Chicago, how you feeling tonight?" And, like, oh. and he's like, "Hi, a little low energy, but we're gonna have fun." Hey, say how that's you're gonna have to do better than that. Yeah. Um. I would love to see that. That's because, funny. Uh, and that answers our last question, too. Uh, man, uh, <laughs> your idea of just wanting to hurt people that you don't like is very funny. Um, I also, I do like the idea, like, 
if all the zombies just win, if you just had a whole city that was zombies and there was nothing left alive for them to chase, like, would they start doing stuff? Would they start just, like, running the city? You yeah. know, would they just start trying you to should, uh, drive a garbage truck? You, you should read I Am Legend. I, I, I should. I agree. Get to the hood of that. Oh, I just committed myself to reading this long book about World War II that's probably too sad, so I don't know if I'll ever <laughs> get to that one. Uh... Let's see what else do I want to get in here. Oh, uh, okay. Let me let me toss this in. One more serious uh, point. This is from Tom by email podcast at readdeshape.com. Um, just wanted to hear your takes on some of the political messages in this book. Good start. We already did. Um, but uh, Tom mentioned a, uh, one of the things that he noticed was, excuse me, the one that was very unfortunate in the modern context is the way it handles refugee crises. So a recurring theme of the story is that countries that accept refugees immediately become overrun by these invaders, and every immigrant is portrayed as, uh, and and refugees portrayed as being, like, secretly a terrorist or a criminal, and the only place, let's see, the only country country that successfully takes a large migrant population is Cuba, and they do that by stripping immigrants of all human rights and making them second-class citizens, uh, so they cannot infect the native Cubans with their literal zombie virus, uh, and their little zombie virus, the culture of their home nations. So, um, and maybe, so I guess Tom's point was like, maybe Max wants us to recoil from that and understand how we're looking at this. Or maybe it was just sort of a weird overlooked uh, thing that he like let his own bias affect it. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, I feel like there's not, and I talked about this a little bit earlier, but like the fact that there are refugees trying to save their infected family members and stuff is never really looked upon as like, sympathetic yeah yeah they're, they're like they're, they're monsters for for wanting to do that yeah and i don't i mean and that's like an interesting part of all zombie movie zombie stuff is like who, at what point are people humans and like don't we all have to save each other and being isolated is not good if it doesn't save other people but it's the only way to survive whatever yeah but i think yeah the refugee stuff is kind of a, a bummer like it's definitely something he had to deal with but i don't know that he did it great <laughs> I, yeah it, it's something that like i i think you you hit a good point that it's something he had to deal it's kind of like a lazy excuse for like the the scale that he wanted his novel to work at right mm-hmm. like you need a, a zombie virus to spread very fast so he found sort of like the most convenient shortcuts to help that yeah. mm-hmm. uh so i think it is kind of blindsided to I that guess- but also like a big part of, I think, the book is, like, the government incompetence. The way, like, things... The way, like, normal people suffer because people at the top just don't take problems seriously enough. Like, it's allowed to get that way. Yeah. And then, like, oh, reactions to them are inhumane and stuff. Yeah, totally. Like that, right? I, I see his point with that. Although, I, I, like... If there were people eating each other's brains and and the dead come back to life and they magically can survive forever without any food or water or oxygen. Like, I feel like the government should be slow to admit that a zombie apocalypse has happened. (laughs) I want a real cautious government when it comes to this magic virus. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's, that's something, I don't know if I, if we ever get this in the book or if we do, we don't remember it, but, uh, they use the word zombie a lot. Is this a universe? Because this always like makes me think about every zombie universe. Yeah. Is this a uh, is this a universe that zombies existed 
before this event. I think like, no, like, right? Because they all are like, what a crazy idea that the dead would come back to life. Yeah. And we didn't know to get their yeah, brain. But, like, it seems like they have never heard of this before. Right, so zombie fiction doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. But at the very beginning, he's like, I know we don't like using the word zombie, so it yeah, must. So like, yeah, so like zombies must exist somewhere in this fiction, because that's the thing with like all zombie units. Like if, I think if zombies don't exist in that universe, I give them a little bit more leeway for how yeah, they reacted. Yeah, yeah. Versus like if zombies exist and we kind of know about them and then like they literally pop out of the ground, it's like... People should react differently. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it looks like we have a uh, Dawn of the Dead situation on our hands. <laughs> uh, and then to we have documentaries to help us deal with this. If you want to send us any uh, uh, comments or questions or games or portmanteau suggestions for upcoming months, go to readdistrip.com. Um, you can go to readdistrip.com slash next to see our next com- episode and comment on it from there or on Facebook or Twitter um, or by email podcast at readdistrip.com. We would love to get your... Uh, Get your other thoughts. Uh, one problem with the Calamento Stata is I don't know how to end the segment. Would love to have ended on a laugh, but I have to say that email thing. I have oh, one. Can I give a board game suggestion? Yeah, okay. Oh, uh, uh, we'll do a board game suggestion, then, Sarah, you can say your ending. Okay. Uh, it's this- bad. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I can't wait. This whole book just reminded me of the game Pandemic, especially Pandemic Legacy. Like, this book is exactly that game. So if you want to play it and then kind of be like like even to the like the name of some i mean obviously it's just major cities but like you deal with the whole world so check out pandemic legacy you can play this book i've 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 played a pandemic a handful of times and i have real mixed feelings about it i like the idea of like a a teamwork game instead of a competitive board game i really like that but the downside is that because you're working as a team um it really doesn't matter if only one person knows how to do it, then everyone else is oh, just yeah. like, what's Dan's suggestion? Yeah. And then you just do whatever Dan suggests, and then you guys win or lose. And so really, every time... I, I hate that part of the game, too, which is why I like Pandemic Legacy, because it's constantly changing, and everybody has their own role, so oh, you can't cool. tell people what to do. Oh, I also cool, only cool, cool, play cool. it with my husband, so we don't have to deal with anyone else telling us what's... Yeah, I've just played it a bunch with uh, my sister and brother-in-law and, and, and or sister and her husband, and they are just so smart that it's like, well, let's just watch them play Pandemic. It's really more of a watching game. Yeah, if you get the right people together, though, and then the Pandemic Legacy games are like 12-session, basically, stories where, like, the world gets slowly destroyed while you're playing, and you, like, actually write on the board and put stickers and, like... Stickers? Cards... It's really great. I'm so into that. Oh, I definitely want to play that now. Yeah, my, it's but it's just World War. My favorite so part of uh, playing Pandemic is coming up with names for the four different viruses because they have different colored mm-hmm. tokens. So I usually go with Black Plague for the black one, Scarlet Fever for the red one, um, uh, uh, oh Yellow Fever obviously for the yellow one, and then the blue one was hard, so we we settled on Influenza. That's pretty good. That's my names for those. I name them after dances. <laughs> Do you? What are your dances? Oh, like a foxtrot. Oh, you just like you're like we have to cure fox. foxtrot. It's raging across Asia. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> All right, Sarah, what's your ending? All right, I think it's definitely worth the wait. Um, for August, you could have Augustus Gloop and watch all the versions of Willy Wonka. Ooh, how many? How many versions are there? Well, you could watch the original movie. You could watch that terrible one from a couple of years ago. Yeah. You could read the book. 
And oh. I'm sure there's a fourth thing out there. You could play we can the just board game. Review all the candy. Yeah. Go buy a oh, bunch of Wonka candy. Yeah. And we eat the fuck out of it on the podcast. I'm so into this idea. All right, that was worth the wait. Okay. <laughs> All right, and that is our show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back next week. Next week is the second half of uh, the Alexis super sponsorship. Uh, we're going to be watching the movie World Wars starring Brad Pitt. Um, and uh, I hope you it's all compliments next week after this week of us just ripping this good Wouldn't it be part. weird? Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, you know, no refunds. And also, if you buy an episode of the show, surely you've listened to enough of them to know that I'll probably not like what you like. But... Yeah, I, I, can, I can tell you depending, like, Based on how much I uh, like this book and how much I hated the movie when I first saw it, that I'm almost positive Alex is going to love the movie. <laughs> like, I can just feel yeah. like how much like when I think I don't remember anything about the movie except I think back and I have a visceral like, uh, yeah, <laughs> and that is usually a good sign that Alex is going to think it's an underrated masterpiece of the 21st century. Um, I want to watch it now. I'm going to try so hard not to like it because I'm embarrassed and I'm worried about how much you're going to make fun of me for it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's okay. It's not not awful. We'll, we'll find out. Anyway, thanks, Alexis, for the super sponsors and. Um, Cheers, everybody. Enjoy Poor Decisions Month. Enjoy our Super Sponsorship Month. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and if, if you want to become a, a regular supporter of the show, you can be, go to redistribute.com slash meat buddies. Even a, a dollar a month will help uh, keep us floating down the tracks. And it'll help you uh, a lot. It'll help you to vote on upcoming topics when we have themed months. And um, we will also have sponsorships again. I guess, I should, yeah, this is what I should say. We're going to have. Um, a couple more sponsorships still available for the summer of sponsorships, so for late July, early August. So all of that will be announced on Facebook and by our, on our email list and on Twitter and everything. So make sure you're following us on all the platforms, and uh, sponsorships will be out soon. So be ready for that. If you have a sponsor you want to, uh, an episode you want to sponsor, you don't have to pay as much, but uh, you can do it. All right, and thanks for being here at Anthony Lopez Part Two. Always decided to be. And uh, at Sarah Hathaway on Twitter, and also check out KFab, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. We'd love to have you. And uh, thanks for having me on for this one. I do like this book. It, it bears being said, and I still do after rereading it. It's a fun escapist romp. <laughs> I Yeah, to be clear also, I generally liked it. I would say I like I enjoyed large portions of it, and I had some issues. But because it was short stories, it goes back and forth. Though I had like, parts in it, not like other parts. Um and if I'd read it in college, I would have loved it. And uh, yeah, I generally had it. I had a good time. Also, and what it is really neat, I have to say, about doing the book and the movie like this is that anything you liked about the book, or anything you disliked about the book, you don't have to worry <laughs> because the movie has. Su- it's it's really. I can't wait to talk about yeah. this. How little the movie has to do with the book, like besides the title and zombies. Yeah really nothing else it's really amazing <laughs> that's pretty cool how much they just yeah did their own thing with yeah it. good for them way to be creative you guys and uh i will look for that also <laughs> and at angela Maweber on twitter it me um i have 
podcasts, but I'm not making them right now. So just go buy my band's music. Yeah. Double clicks. We're great. Yeah, and you have a new Kickstarter for pins. You're making new pins. And- oh my God! Please give me money for pins. I love the money. <laughs> I love it. I also like money. You can come to my rich person house later when you have all that enamel button money. Oh, absolutely. As long as we don't stream it. I'm- yeah, we'll keep it super secret. Or we could do what I do is I stream things and no one watches. Oh, I've done that. It's great. <laughs> I literally had three people watching a Twitch stream the other day, and one of them was yelling racial slurs in the comments. I was like, really? Well, that's right. Twitch. Mom, come on. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, you guys, it's been amazing. Anthony, do you want to say one more thing? Oh, I was just going to say how I was just thinking about how, like, playing Twitch streams is, like, the closest to, like, modern zombie movies don't scare me, but, like, Twitch streams will still be playing you know, and humanity to man. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, That's well, going to be the next zombie play. Well, I do hear a weird scratching at the door, so I should go check that out, you guys. But uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Take care. Goodbye. In the wild, all poverty.